Well, Fastlane happened, and then Raw happened, and I don't quite know what to make of the whole thing. This is Aaron from the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. Fortunately, I have three others here to kind of walk me through it. We have Mr. D. Wayne. Hey, man, Fastlane was uh, something. It was. It did what it's supposed to do. Yeah, I guess we're talking more about that. Yeah, it put me to sleep for the better part of the third hour was what it was supposed <laughs> to do. Then absolutely. Um, Mr. Sellers, hi. What's going on? I, I'm ready to talk, ready to rant. <laughs> Two chains. what's up, man? I should have just shredded all my predictions from Fastlane. Just, <laughs> just for what it's worth. Yeah, um, so we have to talk about Fastlane. We have to talk about Raw. And obviously, when we talk about those two things, we're going to talk about WrestleMania. So that's what you're going to get from us on this episode of the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. Um, I want to start off with something everyone will be completely in agreement on before we move on and get kind of dice everything up. Did you guys see, and I think I posted it on the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast Facebook page, facebook.com slash Belt. Um, the video of Nakamura in Stanford, Connecticut, and at NXT kind of that? that was it almost exactly. brought a tear to my eye i watched it three times already it was great it was really I, I, great i like the fact that his friends made it known that hey this is my guy you know, yeah i wasn't so yeah, everybody wasn't so keen to a celebrity everybody stood up like this is my guy and everybody gave his props he uh, he looks like he's going to be amazing and then for that little short promo video that they cut for him i cannot wait <laughs> Seems like he's going to keep pretty similar gear. They filmed some like Titantron footage, it looked like, and he was in the the red vest with the uh, the tie on his arm and the black pants. So it looked pretty similar. The weirdest part of it for me was watching Vince meet him. <laughs> I can just picture yeah. Vince in his head. Wait, he's not white? Uh-oh. <laughs> you, know, you know what gave me chills? What's that? When he, when he said what's up to Hodel Tommy. Yeah, no. I heard his recovery is going poorly right now, by the way. Is that? I was going to ask. I was like, that's another person they haven't said anything about. It's been been almost a year, right? It's been almost a year. I think May is when it occurred shortly after he participated at WrestleMania. Not that the injury occurred there, but yeah, it's been almost a year, and he was expected back by now, from what I understand. Um, You have to think that they have that penciled in as a feud between the two just because of the Japanese lineage, but I don't know, man. I hope he comes back soon. I like Hideo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you think it's placement problems, or you really think his recovery is all really bad? bad? I, what I read was that his recovery was not going well, and that it was taking wow. longer than expected. Um, you can't mess with rotator cuffs, though, because I believe he has the same nah. type of gim- type of deal that um, Sami Zayn had, and you saw how long he was out. He was out from April until <clears throat> about a month and a half ago. Mm-hmm. So hey, he still hasn't been consistent on TV. Meaning, I heard the match he has with Joe, They do because they fought to a draw, they're going to be doing a two out of three falls match to determine the contender. And I heard they went an hour, and I heard it was amazing. Mm. So uh, we'll just have to kind of wait and see on that. But I know on the breaking ground thing, he said that it was still tight, and I heard, I guess it's like that for a while. Right. Aaron, you being a fellow baseball fan, uh, maybe you can share some light on this. How much... Uh, how how close is a rotator cuff injury to towards actually needed Tommy John surgery? I have no idea. I thought Tommy John's had more to do with like the elbow area. Am I wrong about that? I thought it. Yeah, yeah Tommy John's more elbow. Yeah, but they both have the same type of twist and turn with the arm. Like, of course, the you know the shoulder joint, you know, is is more over the the arm and it's more of a twist with like a curve type formation at the elbow but both injuries take ample ample time for recovery yeah i mean you can pretty much count on you know the the better part of a year i would say for both it just seems like when a guy has tommy johns he doesn't pitch for a year and yeah exactly it seemed like the same thing's gone true for rotator cuff injuries specifically within wrestling because that's what i tend to focus on as far as injury news but anyways um the point of me bringing that up was that Nakamura is finally coming in. We get to see his debut match in WWE. I posted on our Twitter. They actually put a logo out for um, the Dallas takeover, and it looks like a sheriff's badge, and it's pretty cool. Yeah, so um, 
I want to start with the triple threat at Fastlane. I thought it was a really great match in terms of just work rate. I love both of the table spots with Brock. I thought Brock was used perfectly. Um, I thought Dean was continued to look brave and resilient and crazy, which is, I think, what you want out of Dean going into this match with Brock, which we can get to later. But if you look at the way it ended, you look at the way the crowd reacted on Sunday night, and you looked at the way the crowd reacted when Roman's just getting completely beaten down by a heel, his face broken in. I don't. I, the kayfabe said on .com today that Roman's having nose surgery because of the injuries sustained from Triple H. Um, it just You're doesn't. Ear surgery from the fans. And they 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 made a point a couple times last night to say that Roman versus Hunter for the title is the main event, regardless of what you want to say about the cell match being the bigger draw, which I think it is. We can get into that later too. It's not no, a good sign man, that. Vince McMahon also said that we also have two main events now. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a difference between main events, plural, and the main event with the article "the" in front of it. Um, sure, I think sure, that that's sure. a point made, but it, I just it doesn't bode well for the type of reaction I plan to give as being someone in <laughs> attendance at WrestleMania. So I guess you know, D Wayne, you you've been a a person that said all along this is where it was headed, and indeed, regardless of the people that wanted to admit it or not, Roman is in the main event, but he's continuing to get booed. There's no consistent reaction to him. Is there anything they can do to get there? Because obviously the injury beatdown angle last night didn't help because they were chanting yes when it was happening. (laughs) There's absolutely nothing that they can do in order for it to get here. Um, honestly, your best bet is just, you know, just to keep on, keep the storyline, just keep going and see where it goes. Because right now, you, you're just going to have to accept the the heat he's going to get. If this, if you want this to be your guy, you're going to have to swallow your swallow everything. You, that you want, might want to do and just say, look, this is my guy and I have to accept it. And then eventually, maybe the WWE Universe will accept it. Who knows? But, I mean, right now, there's, there's absolutely nothing. The Heat is going to be bad. Triple H is going to, even though he is the heel going into this, he's going to be cheered as the face because they... They have Roman Reigns to be too much like a guy they already have instead of really being genuine to the person to who he is. And we haven't seen that person. So until we see that person, you're going to get booze. So it's absolutely nothing. Nothing. Even when he when he went to WrestleMania, which is not top 10 is going to happen unless they do something big and drastic. When he wins, you're going to get a lot of booze. You want to hear the fireworks and hit a booze with the fireworks. But guess what? If this big man wants this, wants him to be his guy, it's going to happen. And we all going to have to just look past it and say, let's just follow this story. Well, Celis, you, you kind of had a similar outlook. You said on the last episode, I believe it was, that we need to wait the story out and see what's going to happen. But I, I was at WrestleMania 10 years ago, and it just feels like we've been here before on these on these tracks. Absolutely. Um, two things I want to uh, say. The first thing is, remember, we always used to say whoever wins the Royal Rumble always goes to the main event at WrestleMania because they win the Royal Rumble match. And I myself was at WrestleMania 27, where that January before that WrestleMania, Alberto Del Rio won the biggest Royal Rumble match ever, the 40-man uh, Royal Rumble match. And he ended up in the quote-unquote main event at WrestleMania where he faced Edge, and Edge and him was in the first match of the Mania, if you don't, if you don't recall. When I saw um, WrestleMania 22, Ray was in the semi-main after he won the Rumble. So, yeah. It's, exactly. It's not, exactly. It's not a lock tradition, but it's more often than not, yeah, that, that person's in the main event. But it was different this year because the title was on the line. And if you think back to when the last time they did that, WrestleMania eight, Ric Flair versus, um, macho man was not the main event either. It was Hogan versus Sid. Right. Right. 
And and now that we have this storyline change in a way, having, you know, and we'll get to it in a second, how Shane McMahon has come in, I think it kind of ch- changes the context. Even though I agree with D. Wayne says, I think Roman Reigns is a guy. Vince wants to push Roman Reigns. But now that we got this new avenue of what's become of WrestleMania 32 now, if Roman Reigns loses, it kind of won't hurt the story because the story's still not finished yet. And I can explain that point a little bit later. We we'll get to that point. So you know, just to, to wrap yeah. up my point, you know, I mean, even though Roman Reigns, you know, is going to be the guy that Vince wants to push, if he's not the main event and doesn't win at Mania, it won't hurt him. He had. Here's the thing. He has to. He has to main event. If Vince wants him to be his guy, he has to main event. It's not a, even an option. He has to be the last match. If Vince wants him to, to truly be his guy, and every every evidence is shown, even we knew the result, and we were expecting changes, but guess what? We still Vince said, "Look, this is up my guy." So there's nothing that we can say or do about it. And if Vince wanna continue to 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 push that this is my guy, he has to main event Sunday until Monday happens. No, even even after even here's my thing, and we can get into this that into this later about that match. And because I feel that, and and I've been reading all day about how people feel, and there's two ways to go about this match. So I guess we'll get into that later. Uh, two James, did you have any Roman Reigns comments before we move on? Any different perspective than what we've already shared? Because I do. Like, I, I'm getting I really depressed. <laughs> I think the first thing I want to focus on is for Fastlane. Um, I thought the match was um, was brilliantly done. Um, I enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, the time placement was horrible. Oh, it's terrible. So much more time at the end. And also, I don't like. I did not like how Dean's character was portrayed because it's a simple fact that Dean is the lunatic fringe, which means there's really no method to his madness, and he just, you know, he was going to do whatever it was going to take for him to win, and he had that never die. Uh, mentality as, as they've been building up for the last couple of months where you know he just he takes remember if you remember that one match he had with the big show that just made no difference that made no sense but pretty much he just kept taking a beating and kept getting up so i thought they built that character very good all the way to this point mm-hmm. until the until the logic of dean ambrose not focusing on ronan reigns who's still a bigger opponent to him and the logic of that threw me off. The logic of when Brock had, um, what did, did he have him in the F5 or anything? Anyway, Ronan Reigns' head was exposed. He had the ample opportunity to take a chair shot there that could have sealed the deal for him. And I feel like he went after Brock because they were, they feel like taking out Brock was ultimately going to be um, the goal for the two. But he never focused on Ronan at all which is the reason why he, he lost. And I feel like that, that kind of hurts his mentality because at the end of the day, now we still look at him as the brothers because he never focused on him. And he pretty much, in the other words, dropped to him because he never went after him. So whatever it may be, but I am excited about the Rona, the Rona, uh, excuse me, the Brock and Dean Ambrose match coming up. But as far as for Rona Reigns and uh, Triple H, I 100% agree with D-Wayne. And like I've been saying over before, like, no matter what they do with Ronan Reigns, like there's two things you can't beat. That's Father Time and the WWE Universe. They're gonna be out <laughs> the gym. That's it's, like your catchphrase. <laughs> it's, it's not gonna matter what happens. It's a rap form, so well, whatever it may be. I, and I and I do agree with Sellis too. If he does lose, um, if he does lose, I also think that that indicates that it's not the end of the story as well, which is great. Which is a, a great. A, a great thing to look forward to because um, mm-hmm. I still like to think Seth Rollins will play a part in this eventually, and I and I look forward to a real people's champion to reclaiming that belt. So huh. that's I can't wait for Seth Rollins to come back. Um, I don't want to say one more thing that kind of in response to what you said that I agree with. I think they absolutely. I maybe mean, we can just start talking about this match now. They absolutely did a great job of building the Dean Ambrose character uh, Sunday night rather. He he never gave up, and you kind of look into how they they went into Monday, where he arrives, gets completely beaten down, thrown through a windshield, and then manages uh-huh. to claw himself back down the aisle to challenge Brock again. 
And I like that they didn't let him touch Brock yet. There's time for that. There's money to be made. People want to see him beat up Brock after all this stuff. And I like that it's a street fight because it gives Dean Ambrose um, better chance. It's more believable if he were to win, and I hope that he does. Um, Roman Reigns is similar to him in a lot of ways in that he's also resilient. He also doesn't give up. He's kind of that classic babyface mentality, much like a man with Fruity Pebble-colored T-shirts who actually writes that saying on his t-shirts never give up the difference is it feels like roman reigns has been forced down our throats for the better part of two years um you know he throws the most guys out of the one rumble ever he main events the last two wrestlemanias with seemingly not as much in-ring talent or promo talent as his peers and also looking like he does and being built Physically, the way he is, compared to a Dean Ambrose, there's not as much sympathy when a Roman Reigns gets beaten down compared to little old Dean Ambrose. Mm-hmm. And if we've learned nothing else from Daniel Bryan, we can learn that people root for an underdog that they can relate to more than this Greek god that they can't relate to. Not that he's Greek, he's Samoan. But I just think they're going to eventually figure out that it's not going to work or they're going to... You have to put Roman Reigns in a place where he feels truly vulnerable and he he almost needs to fail a couple times so people get behind him. And maybe, I don't know, if, you know, they, they look at this like the biggest WrestleMania of all time coming up, but like it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, and I think, too, James, you might have said this too, for him to lose. Yep. Because then you can get behind him to see him overcome the odds, which is what the point, like, point of a baby face is baby faces shouldn't really win all that much otherwise exactly. what's the point we got into trouble with that with john cena for the better part of a decade um but talking about the dean ambrose storyline i would i think i might i think i called this when we were talking on text or something the other day after fast lane i think this makes perfect sense i like that they inserted dean instead of bray wyatt here uh-huh. It, it, it hurts a little bit in terms of continuity because Bray Wyatt did attack Brock Lesnar with his family multiple times in January, and I guess we're forgetting about that for now. Um, I think it's going to be a great match, though, and I think you can go about it one or two ways at Mania. Either have Dean win through resilience, through never giving up, through crazy gimmicks in that street fight, similar to it makes me think 10 years ago of Sean versus Vince. Um, and I want to reference that match again in a little bit too. Um, but if he doesn't win, if he does lose, I, I think back to that match. Do you remember on Raw when Taker was champion as the biker gimmick and he wrestled Jeff uh-huh. Hardy in a ladder match and Jeff never gave up and it was just crazy? You really thought Jeff, little Jeff Hardy at the time was going to win and Taker shakes his hand afterwards because Jeff was still trying to come at him after the match and he respected yep. him. I don't know if I see the Brock Lesnar character ever giving somebody respect, but that would be a really great way to put Dean over whether he wins or loses. Um, I think he's going to end up becoming a much bigger star as a result of working with Brock. And I really, that might be other than the Shane match, just because I'm so interested to see how the components that even work. I'm really, really excited for that match. And I think it's going to be one of the selling points of that whole show. What if, uh, that's a really great Here's, point. I hadn't even thought of that. That's a really great point. But they, he did the same thing with Roman, and it had the same effect. But like you said, you know, Aaron, I think <laughs> because there's no help for that. There's guy. no help for Roman, but uh, no, go ahead. I I know. Go ahead. But I, it just I agree with you 100. percent And like literally, if Brock was to give anybody the handshake of respect, I think Dean would be the only person. <laughs> that he would do that too. And, and that's why I feel like this match should open the show because this will set the taste buds for the rest of the night. You know, if you have like a 20-minute street fight, brawl, go all out, everything, maybe go to the back, maybe come out, go through the fans, you know, go through the crowd, go even through that little tunnel where the Cowboys come out, even have little match aspects at that point. I think this will be a great opening of the match. And even if Brock wins, it still does great justice for Dean. And like you said, Aaron, puts him at a higher elevation of a star than we even thought he could be. First of all, hello. Yeah, we're here, D-Wayne. So let's talk about this. First of all, Brock Lesnar would never have shake somebody's hand. Because right then and there, when he starts shaking somebody's hand, then it's just like, well, what do I think about Brock Lesnar now? 
he actually shakes somebody's hand. That's not his character. That's why I think Paul would have to do it if if it gets to that point. Because, um, like, it, it can't just be another guy getting beaten down by Brock because we've seen that before. And, like, yeah, it kind of puts someone over because they could hang with Brock, but not really. Like, CM Punk, for example, didn't benefit from it. You know what I mean? No, well, nobody benefits from it. It's, it's not the, the Yeah, your son doesn't like it either. But the whole point is, is to have someone in the ring with them. That's, that's how they feel. I guess. I mean... I mean, you have to look at it like this is Brock Lesnar is the same person that gave the Undertaker the middle finger. Point <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I, I, mean, I don't know, but you know, but you know what? There's different ways to give respect than to actually give that Chris Jericho handshake that I'm not a fan of. I think, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, know, yeah. If, if if Brock looks at uh, Dean Ambrose and shakes his head like, man, that's a bad MF. Then I'm cool with that. Or you even know? give him the finger. You know, you mean that could be the equivalent. You're not wrong. <laughs> I don't know. Um, can we, I guess like, can, do we have a consensus at least that this match is going to be pretty awesome? Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. We, we, we just skip fast lane though. Well, no, we're going to get back to it, but we're just kind of looking at the fallout of that triple threat. I, I predict about a good 15 to 16 suplexes. Oh, at least, at least. <laughs> Um, you know, you know, why we're, why we're on suplexes real quick. Do y'all feel like he executes them safely? Uh, oh, yeah, for sure. Not for all sure. the time, because sometimes I see guys land on one shoulder, no. before, not flat. You know what I mean? No. Oh, man. So, I'm no, I don't real. think so. One, uh, no. No, I don't think I don't think he executes them for safety at all. I, I think he does, because I think he, re- I mean, and, and don't get me wrong. I, I know Brock is an aggressive person. But Brock is still a business person. Brock is not going to be labeled as somebody that tries to hurt his competitors because that makes him look bad. I think Brock throws him in an aggression way that they have to be smart enough to know how to duck and tip their head in so they can land on the part of the back properly. And I think when people don't do that, they get careless and forget how strong Brock is and what he's going to do. And that's on that, not just him throwing them, but it depends on the person who's receiving the suplex to make sure they perform it, execute the same way. Any move, it takes two people to perform it correctly. Well, I'll say this too. I think Ric Flair might have been the one to say this. He said guys actually like working with Brock because he's so strong, he can exert a lot more control than other people can, which is yeah. something you want working, you know, putting another guy's life in your hands and his and yours in a match like that. Um, I guess kind of moving past the triple threat, um, I'd like to talk about the Divas matches. I thought, I, I know some of you guys in our conversation said that you thought that the title match between Brie and Charlotte at Fastlane was worked a little bit sloppily. I, I wasn't as critical of it, I guess. I thought both matches were very entertaining and at times quite captivating Um I'm a little bit disheartened that we're... I guess I really wanted a triple threat at Mania, and now it sounds like unless there's a draw between Sasha and Becky whenever they have this contender match, it's going to be one-on-one, and Becky's going to get left out in the cold. You're moving extremely fast. (laughs) Well, I'm laying it all out there, and you guys can kind of talk about whatever you want to talk about, but I'm kind of bummed about that. I, I thought Becky had a good showing the last several months, and her character has not gotten a fair shake at the title yet. Because she's gotten cheated out of it a bunch of times. Same thing happened to somebody else, too. We just had this conversation, me and Sellers did off air. So you're definitely, uh, you're filling in right exactly what we were saying. Yeah. And same thing happened to Naomi, too. Oh, yeah. And Naomi's good. Like, she's really impressing me lately. Her matches have been good. But still. Every time they call her the underrated diva uh, in the division. Like, yeah, duh. And don't forget, she has taken plenty of injuries and been right back. Yep. So, do you think they leave Becky out in the cold, or do you think because there's no way they're going to do Becky and Charlotte one on one again at Mania? Do you think they have it some, like some sort of schmaz finish where they end up having it be a triple threat, or do you think they really leave Becky out? But okay, I think so. the Divas were just underrepresented on Raw anyway. And I know two chains you're about to go on, on this uh, in another tangent, but I think. There wasn't enough storyline pieces to promote the Divas this week, but it might be brought up next week or even SmackDown, you know, for Thursday uh, of how the Divas will be elevated so their storyline continues. But go ahead, 2 James. 
Also, too, let's give props up to the promotion they're putting towards SmackDown. It's starting to make me want to watch it now. Oh, absolutely. It's like the only place you can see certain storylines, such as the Jericho-AJ thing, and I guess Kevin Owens this week, because he wasn't on Raw at all, and I look forward to seeing what Kevin Owens is doing for WrestleMania next. Hopefully we'll get some sense of that on SmackDown. But while we're talking Kevin Owens real quick, um, did you guys like his match with Dolph? I thought it was a little bit wonky at times. It was good, but it was a little bit wonky. Uh, KO versus Dolph uh, for the IC. Yeah. It was the better match of the night. Yeah, it was. Definitely. I like the triple threat match the best that night. I don't think I had any problems with I mean, I always like to attend thinking that the main event is going to be the best match. So I highly rate it unless it's really bad. But I think I thought that uh I thought that match was uh really good. I, I don't think I had any problems with it at all. I just thought, the I wish they could have oh, go gotten ahead, go they wish they could have gotten to another gear. I just felt like there was something left on the table. I just I've seen both of those both of those guys switch it to a completely different gear in the closing minutes of the match, and I just didn't feel like they nope. got there. Much like I didn't feel like Jericho and AJ got there in their ah, match. Yeah, thank you, Aaron. I thank thought you. their you SmackDown match was home. way better because they weren't yep. thinking nope. it through as much. But don't forget, uh, it looks like Dolph took a little bump. Yeah, so. he did. Dolph took a lot hey, of bumps. Hey, My hey, wife kept being like, hey. "Is he okay?" <laughs> <laughs> so he did. It, no doubt. And I think somebody else said it too. No doubt he pulled a little bit of steam off of it after, after a while. So but I'm cool with it. I'm cool with a tough man who finishes up in, in a professional style. Um, so I guess we, we really we hit a lot of matches there at once. Let me just run this through <laughs> real quick then. So would you guys rather see one-on-one Divas title match or would you rather see the triple threat that I feel like they've been alluding to whether they meant to or not? Okay. Triple I would triple, too. Triple threat. Yeah. I want to see Becky at Mania. I just like, just, like the Brie Bella storyline. Everything about that match, I could just smash my head against the keyboard about <laughs> because it's just it was sloppy. The finish didn't make sense. I mean, come on now, she could have, she could have like moved her leg a little bit over and could have probably got got. I mean, her arms a little bit over and got to the ropes. Like I hated that finish. She, she tapped as if she really didn't want to, but she knew she had to. <laughs> I hated that this, finish. If, if that's going to be your last match, like, for real, that's how you went, that is, that, that, uh... It's so, not good. But, uh, I, to the triple threat thing, like I was telling Sellers before we got on air, I was just like, hey, look, Becky has completely been developing herself. Mm-hmm. Um, she, she seems to be the complete design of what you want somebody, a product of NXT, where... Um, she comes out and, you know, they, they put her in place, they give her the storyline, they give her a stable, then she does singles, they start giving her mic work, they, they, they give her power or the steam, they give her new gear frequently. She's completely been a product of the develop uh, the development of, the, of an NST character. I think she has the and best she, gear on the roster right now. I do too. I think no it's bias. great. Something but, different uh, all the time. She's had prominent pay-per-view matches and i just feel like for her to have put to be given this much work and put in this much work how do you how do you strip her of the of the privilege of fighting in the high profile match of wrestlemania i agree she's earned it yeah and 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 as much as everybody loves sasha she has not but we want the stable thing and that's it but d wayne's gonna have a heart attack if she's not there so tread lightly Let's just trade now. Hold on, hold on, hold on. First of all, for you to sit here and say she doesn't deserve it, it's ludicrous because guess what? It's not her fault. It's WWE creative fault. Yeah, but that's just 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 like saying, okay, give Sami Zayn uh, Kevin Owens right now for WrestleMania. Uh Uh-huh. He hasn't earned it. Hey. But there's a personal rivalry established there. Aaron, you know we're witnessing right now, Aaron. We're witnessing Sue James defending his girl versus yeah. D Wayne defending his girl, and they want their wives to be out there doing the things they want the most. So and first of right now, if, if you want Sasha Banks to be the head honcho, the boss of the division, there's no way you cannot have her there. Now, personally, I prefer if you really want a person to have a one on one, but. I, I, I stick to the triple threat. I, I, I got the ultimate mind blower for you. 
So you feel like she's so accomplished and she's just so proven and she's just so earned it. What about they just start booking her like John Cena? Just start inserting her into places without any storylines and automatically putting her over. Because that's what you're saying. Put her straight up on WrestleMania and let her win. Because Charlotte's not winning this match. I don't care what happens. Charlotte's not winning. No. Because everybody knows it's going to win. Sasha Banks. But if it's one-on-one, I just does not think it's fair. Which And another thing that's kind of like a, a mind-blowing factor about this is where do you put this high-profile match between Sasha and Becky at? Raw? You know? It, yes. I think, or, I think that match or the March to WrestleMania show. special in yep. March. Yep, March 12th. Yeah, I, I heard it's going to be on there. <laughs> What? I'm not, I don't even know what this is. There's a, you know how they did like the live special from MSG and Beast in the East? Yeah. It was like a televised house show. Okay, yeah, so they're doing one of those from Toronto in early March, like the first or second Uh, weekend of March. Oh, I know that. It's called the March to WrestleMania. Yeah. So I'm guessing they build it to there, but again, how are you going to take Becky all that way and then just leave her out? It's just, I don't like it. The crowd's invested with her enough that I think she. Deserves the spot, like you said. Um, as far as KO, I don't think we're going to know what they're doing with him until SmackDown, so I, I don't think we really need to speculate that here just yet. There'll be plenty of time to talk about that on our Sunday three-count episode coming up on Sunday and every Sunday where we hit three quick wrestling topics. But I want to ask you, we talked a little bit about AJ and Jericho. I, I thought their SmackDown match was better, but the match they did at Fastlane was good too. Um and then they tagged last night against the social outcasts, and Jericho kept showing him respect, even though he was so mad at him at Fastlane. Do you think we're building towards a Jericho heel turn against AJ, and then we get another AJ and Jericho match at Mania? I hope not. And, and let me speak on this one real quick, because Aaron, you put it, once again, you're taking the words right out of my mouth today. Because even with the KO and Dolph Ziggler match, one thing that we know, Dolph Ziggler never puts on a bad match. He always knows how to bump well. He always knows how to work with whoever he's working with. And we could probably say the same thing about AJ and Chris Jericho. So when we see this match so many times on Raw, so many times on SmackDown, and even these prelude and pay-per-views before your major pay-per-views, it's nothing else new we can see if it's not a specialty match. So we just get to a point where, yeah, it was okay, but we saw the same thing over and over again. If, so they did really a sub- if they did a submission match, though, just because Jericho did tap out to him, if they made a submission match, are you more sold on it then? I mean, obviously, not there's still all. five not more not weeks to build it. Because no. nobody, nobody taps out to the line tamer anymore. Nobody. I've been saying that, and I thought it was one of my favorite moves of WCW. He doesn't even execute it the same way no more. And you know, and you know what? You know when somebody's going to tap out and when somebody does it. Because when he puts that knee in the back... That is the lion tamer. When he does that little exactly. crab, which is like the Boston crab, that's not the lion tamer anymore. Exactly. Exactly. Well, it seems like they're going that way, guys, whether you like it or not, because they would have started something new with AJ last night if he was feuding with KO, or maybe he will be on SmackDown. You know, we'll have to wait and see. Yep. Um, I guess... Can, you, we talk, can we talk about Shane now? I think we're going to have to now. Um, wait, wait. Y'all not, y'all, y'all just not gonna give my man Ryback no love? No. No. about now. Because we're gonna get Ryback versus like Kane in the Big Show or something stupid. So <laughs> Ryback no. is horrible. That, that's my bathroom break. Whenever I see Ryback out there, that's gonna be my bathroom break at WrestleMania 32. I'm letting you know hey, now. Hey, hey, hey! But one thing you gotta say is he completely dominated that match. Ry- Ryback is gonna be my bathroom break when at WrestleMania 32. If I see him out there, he did. I'll just let you know right now. He did dominate. You know what the crazy thing is, I don't, I don't care what y'all say. Ryback is more over than Ronan Reigns. You're not Ryback wrong. Ryback will be my bathroom break if I see him out there at WrestleMania 32 and I'm just like, you You're know not that. wrong, man. He did that multiple scoop slam sequence and it was not, you're not wrong. But let's talk about Shane now. We've waited long enough. I think we all have a lot of feelings about what we saw with Shane McMahon last night. So I, I want to I address some of the storyline continuity issues real quick just to get them out there and then we can set them to the side and evaluate everything for what it is. So it doesn't it doesn't seem like the Vince McMahon character would just be like, oh, hey, yeah, I kind of forgot that I gave Shane all these different parts of the company and he's been in charge in his absence this whole time, whether I remembered or not. Oh, my bad stuff. That just seems like a convenient storyline device because they have so many guys hurt. And I can accept that. That's cool. 
it also doesn't really speak well to the Shane McMahon character that he's, you know, even though he has every right to be in control of some portion of the company to say, yeah, I'm going to put it all on the line in some undetermined match that you're going to tell me after I accept. Yeah, I'm going to give you all the leverage when I have all the leverage right now. So so we could we couldn't just we put that out there and say, yeah, that was maybe poorly poor storytelling. But after that, I thought it was great. And I'm really excited for this match just because you have two high-profile guys in a high-profile gimmick match at the highest-profile show of the year. And you have to think, these two guys aren't going to be the only ones involved in that match. And I feel like I feel like this is the way you get to Cena Taker next year at Mania. And I want to I want to come back to that, but first I just want to get you guys' thoughts on the match in, in general. Okay, two teams. Are you ready to bring this up now? Because we talked about this all fair. Two yep. teams. Okay, yep. so me and two teams was talking about this, and, and let's break it down for a little bit. And D Wayne, I want you to listen very carefully because I know you might not like it. So, <laughs> as as we mentioned before, well, as me and two teams mentioned before off air, and I mentioned this in several text messages when we had our group chat. That I think by this storyline being added in, it changes a whole dynamic of how wrestling could be going forward. Now, what Shane wanted was, I guess, control of Monday Night Raw. And like Ben said, if you control Monday Night Raw, you control all of wrestling, really. And which is kind of true because Monday Night Raw is the bread and butter of WWE's program. Now, in addition, on Twitter, it's been released that, you know, on Ticketmaster, if you're trying to purchase tickets for WWE events... If you look at Monday Night Raw coming in May to the Baltimore area, it says WWE Monday Night Raw versus WWE. Now, that's kind of an interesting element if you want to throw back element of the invasion angle where it was like, you know, the alliance versus WWE. But this may be for Shane versus, you know, Vince. So Vince said when he came out that, you know, he was going to have the Undertaker face Shane in a match, in a cage match. Which is great because, of course, based on the reaction that Shane got, Shane is the face. So, of course, Undertaker is the heel. Now, I'm going to let two chains carry the rest of this part. So, I have to say that, Aaron, I, definitely the part you was going at is definitely part of the motivation towards this as well. But um, you're right. He's a businessman. He's not going to sell himself over to lose everything at all, right away. And um, also, the whole point of maybe seeing the Undertaker next year, yeah, this all makes sense. But that being said is you already conceding the fact that it doesn't matter if he wins or loses here. But the only thing that does matter is why would Shane McMahon come back just to lose or, you know, why would he put himself in a predicament just to, to sell it all right away? So nonetheless, um, I don't like this match setup because there's really no storyline to it. And, you know, the Undertaker's the heel here. He's working for, as they say, the devil himself. And why why would why why does that make sense? When since when was the Undertaker, you know, built as the hill? Why would he what does he owe Vestman Man as a favor? Well, as you know, like you said, why why would well, Vince, excuse me, would Shane McMahon actually fight this match? I think that Vince as Shane McMahon doesn't fight this match. I think as a favor, Shane McMahon may ask somebody else to fight, a, fight this match for him. And I think with the storyline that we need here is obviously we, we want to talk about the invasion, which means that Shaman Man had control over WCW. I think this is the part where Shaman Man asks for a special person to appear the night of WrestleMania to be not determined, not to be known, not to be rumored out or anything to come through him this one favor. And the one favor is because of the favor that Shane asks this person to do this favor because he's never he's never done anything for him before and he and he was the one last key, key piece to the evasion of why the WCW evasion failed. So if you get where I'm going at with that, I think we have an Undertaker and Vince McMahon versus a Shaman Man and his mystery WCW opponent to fight, which totally makes sense story-wise. Um, you have endless promo packages waiting for this. Not just okay. the one company versus the other company, but you have 
the company versus the company, plus it's the, the failure of why when that other company invaded, why it never worked with yep. the lead captain versus their lead captain. Okay, so now that you broke it down like that, I see that happening, which makes the whole rumors that Goldberg and WWE might work together in the near future make sense. Um, I can see that happening, but the question is, while we while we sit up here and speculate, what if it doesn't happen? Of course, it's always the thing with creative because <laughs> yeah. we don't, we don't, we don't have that cool job. And right. are you are you suspecting that it could be Goldberg that Two James is talking about? No, it could be it's, it could be one or two people. It could be Goldberg or Sting. That's the two people that I I see. Nope. The, nope. I mean, who else do you see? Do, 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 do. Do, do, do. <laughs> okay, think about it. I don't think they revisit the invasion angle because the invasion angle sucked. Why go back to something that sucked? Furthermore, think about in recent storylines, who's been a person that's been against the authority from day one and even organized a team at Survivor Series to take them down? John Cena. Who keeps hinting that he's trying to come back and defy medical science? John Cena. Who would rather have the authority out of power and... Put himself against The Undertaker at next year's WrestleMania, John Cena. And then finally, finally, the reason Undertaker is going to fight this match because he's going to come out on Raw next week or the week after and say he doesn't want to do it, have Vince say, if you don't fight this match and win for me, you have to retire. Uh, or something like that where The Undertaker's hand is forced. So, so I like the way both story angles See, the reason why I said Goldberg stays because Nigeria, I mean, Two Chase went with this whole WCW invasion angle again. And it makes sense. But what you said, Aaron, it made sense too. So it's just a matter of we have to wait and see. I mean, personally, I want to see the storyline build more because my thing is it doesn't make sense. And I felt, and it just, you just bring him back out of the blue. And make this match. And it made it seem like to me, honestly, that the simple fact that they just needed the Undertaker on the card with somebody. That's what it made it seem to me. The casual fan would think that same way. True, but now, it, now if you, you have to admit it's a very compelling match, whether you're like with the story or not. It's incredibly compelling. Now, Dwayne, I have a question for you, though. I, have, I want you to be absolutely honest with me. Okay, you ready for this question? Yes. Based on the dynamics of these two storylines that you make sense, would you have this cage match as your last match of Mania, or would you have the Triple H versus Roman Reigns match, your last match at Mania? Triple H versus Roman Reigns. No! I disagree. Okay, so so this is the reason why I tell you. One, because early you're talking, you said the WWE title is devalue it it's not important it's not so my, so my thing is why would you why would you not have that as your last match because the control of the company is bigger than the title okay. yes exactly because you say you think okay so control of the company is bigger than the title yes and we understand okay so we understand that now my thing is yeah, we might sit here and say control of the company, but let's think of the bigger picture here. We have you have the title on a on a part time right now, correct? Which may already makes it devalued. Yeah, no, and I'm gonna go back to because what I tell you yesterday, what I what did we talk about yesterday? All right, you I talked said, about okay. Go ahead, I'll let, you explain. I, I'll let you explain. I said, I said, do you need to see the Super Bowl trophy every week to know that that's the prized possession in football? And what did I tell no. you in response? Huh? What did I tell you in response? You, you said something like the, the WWE title is like a wedding band. It you is. It, it's not, though. It's your prized possession. Not necessarily. <laughs> it, it, it really is your prized possession because that says that you're the guy. You're the focus majority of the time on that main storyline. Okay, let me ask so, you this question. <laughs> Go, going back forth, Nat, let, and I also explained, too, not not the Super Bowl trophy, but the championship ring is always a reminder that you are a Super Bowl champion. You don't need to carry around 
the Super Bowl trophy around. You got that ring. So hypothetically, uh-huh. hypothetically, now, uh-huh. Triple H is, quote-unquote, your champion, right? So if yeah. you're the champion, you should be the face of the company. Why mm-hmm. does it still like feel like, in my opinion, somebody like Brock Lesnar is more valuable to the company than Triple H? Um, that, ma- that makes that makes your WWE title devalued on the part timer. Well, I, I see your point. You're, t- you're talking about Brock Lesnar. I mean, you have certain people that's bigger than than the sport itself. For instance, John Cena's the man. But half the, I mean, lately he has had the title, but we can still consider him the man. You know what I'm saying? Michael, if if when Michael Jordan was playing, when he didn't win titles. In his early part of his career, he was still the man. You know what I'm saying? So I, I understand that, but then that makes your your t- championship devalued because in every other company, we can look at ROH, we can look at New Japan, New uh-huh. Japan, we can look at TNA. Everybody is going after that belt. When it comes to WWE, mm-hmm. it seems like you're trying to be the top guy, and if you're trying to be the top guy, you necessarily don't have to have that belt. You but have that's, to, a, that's, a, that's a bad thing to, to say. So so you have to have the belt in order to be to, to legitimately call it the top guy. You, um, look at the attitude error. Look at the attitude error. Mm-hmm. When, mankind, when Mankind won the championship, yes. he felt like he was the top guy. When uh-huh. Seth Rollins won the championship, it did not feel like he was the top guy. It's a problem. Well, that's because in this it's two different it's two different errors. But it's the same had, championship belt. No, the reason why I say it's two different areas is because you have to look at the simple fact that it wasn't social media back then. It wasn't the, the IWC. It wasn't none of this. We can we can read this stuff and say, oh, it, it changes the, the dynamics of of WWE. For instance, you know, we really didn't know what was going on every single week back then. But right now, we get updates to our phone every five minutes. If you choose to. We get updates to our phone every five minutes, <laughs> so it's it's so it's a different dynamic. So I mean, it's, it's with that you get the different crowd dynamics, and if it you, it's hard. And I can sit here and say it's harder to to be creative right now than it was back then. It it is, but at the same time, even if you're creative back then and now. Your ultimate goal for any performer is to be the WWE World Heavyweight Champion because that automatically makes you the top guy. If you have that championship belt and you're not the top guy, it's like, why are we fighting for that belt? Okay, so but okay, so name a top guy that wasn't WWE Champion. A top guy that wasn't WWE Champion? Yes. Roddy Roddy Piper. There you go. I'll give you that. And Jerry the King Lawler. Jerry, Jerry the King Lawler. But Jerry Lawler was king of Memphis forever. That's completely different. Uh, but I'm just thinking about guys who are in the Hall of Fame that haven't won the belt or haven't, you know, been a WWE but, World Heavyweight Champion. All right, so when I, I say so, the guy, the guy that everyone is aiming for, right? Correct, am I right? Correct, correct or am I wrong? The guy that is aiming for, aiming for I can't really sit up here and say would John Cena be John Cena without winning the belt so many times? Uh-uh. You no. can say the same thing about The Rock. You can say the same thing about Stone yes. Cold. But yes. the fact is, when they were champion, they made it seem like that's what everybody's fighting for. Like, granted, you but don't have to like John Cena so, or not. He so, is always and, fighting and, for that belt. And I'm going to tell you why. You want to know why? Because Vince McMahon himself invest in his time into those people. People or your title? Those people. Then that means your title is devalued. He invests those times in those people. And he put the he put the title on those people. Let me ask you, let me ask you, let me ask Aaron a question. Aaron, let me ask you a question. Would you invest your time in Tom Brady or the New England Patriots winning the Super Bowl trophy? Um well. We can look at this the season before the one that just wrapped up. The um, the focus was on Tom Brady winning the Super Bowl more than the team because Tom Brady's a star, and he was mm-hmm. very infamous at that time because of a now scientifically debunked 
Deflate Gate scandal. So the NFL needs to give us our first round pick back. That's all. That's what's up. But um, secondly, I think what I think what I what you're both trying to say is that, or at least what what I what I've, I guess I don't. Maybe you're not trying to say this. The idea of the WWE or any wrestling promotion isn't to create champions, although a championship is a device used in storyline purposes to create stars. The idea is to create stars. If you can create stars, you can create meaningful feuds, and meaningful feuds based on heat will draw money. What you have last night is Shane McMahon getting a lot of heat behind his storyline, and it's going to sell tickets. It's going to sell merch. It's going to sell network buys. I can't say pay-per-view buys anymore because it's not – I mean, it probably will be on traditional pay-per-view, but whatever – we're trying to create stars here um, with the lack of stars, established stars that we already had. A, they're going to have to make some new stars on the fly, which it uh-huh. seems like they're doing with AJ Styles. It seems like they're doing that with Kevin Owens. It seems uh-huh. like they're doing that with Sasha Banks and uh-huh. Becky Lynch, hopefully to a lesser degree. Um, but you also need to have stars that are already established to draw in the audience um, for such a big show. I'm sorry, the Shane and Undertaker match is a draw. It has heat behind it, especially if you put other stipulations or get other people involved with it. I'm telling you right now, it's not just going to be the two of those guys that somehow get in that cell that night. I think you put John Cena involved in Shane's corner because he has previously established heat with the authority. You don't even have to talk about John Cena until that night. You really don't because it makes sense on its own. You have him come out. Uh-huh. You have him put down the Undertaker, and the Undertaker's obviously fuming. And then he gets seen in next year at WrestleMania to end things, since it couldn't happen this year, which, by all accounts, was meant to be the match. And they brought Shane in at the eleventh hour. But good on them, because like uh-huh. we get to see Shane work for the first time. And how like I guess the last time I saw Shane personally was at WrestleMania 22 when he was in his dad's corner and took a bunch of kendo stick shots from Shawn Michaels and got handcuffed to the ring. Um, I know he worked again. He worked a tag match against Shawn and God later that summer and against DX when DX reformed, but that was about it for Shane's in-ring thing. But they're trying to... I think what you guys are trying to say is they're trying to make stars, and Roman Reigns, whether people like him or not, is becoming more of a star. It just may not be the star that we expect him to be or would like to be in that position. Um, does the championship need to go last? If it makes sense, I think you need to wait and see which storyline has the most heat behind it. I will say this. I thought back to WrestleMania 25 when I saw this going down last night, and I'll tell you why. Do you remember how much the main event sucked that night? Do you even remember what the main event was? I'm trying to think of what the main event was. Exactly. It was Randy Orton as a heel against Triple H, the babyface champion. Oh, yeah, 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 Remember, he he punted Steph, and he hurt Vince, and whatever. It was a pretty well-built storyline. The Randy Orton character kind of going crazy with the voices in his head, um, building up to that. But if you look at that WrestleMania, you had Money in the Bank um, that night. You had Jeff Uh and Matt in a hardcore match that had a lot of brutality. You had Sean and Taker completely take the house down in a 30-minute, what, what yep. might be the greatest WrestleMania match there ever was. It really mm-hmm. might be. It was just a tremendous match. Um, I, there's very few flaws outside of that botched spot with Taker going over the top rope because what's-his-face wasn't in position. It was a guy that was in that legacy stable. But you hey. had, What's that? Hey, no shots to the legacy stable. <laughs> No, it wasn't Cody. It was that other guy, the I, Samoa guy. I know. I okay, know. Uh, I was like, "What?" Um, Cody was a part of it, though. Okay, but, but you had um, you had all those gimmick matches, and you kind of seen everything already. And then you get these two guys in the ring in the main event in a traditional one-on-one, no gimmick match. It was hard for them to top everything. The audience had been kind of exhausted already. Sure, sure. I would be fearful of Taker and Shane, and whatever happens in that combined with Brock and Dean bringing the house down with their gimmick match, combined with hopefully what's a Divas classic. I really hope that 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 occurs, plus whatever Kevin Owens does, plus whatever, you know, AJ Styles and probably Chris Jericho do, and all, you know, when it's all said and done, that's a lot of gimmicks and a lot of matches, and then you're going to expect 
Roman Reigns, who has no baby face reaction to top that. Who birds? Yep, no, it can't happen. I, I almost feel like you make it the semi-main and put the cell in the main. I really do. Yes. I mean, okay, so I understand where you're coming from. I just don't see you happy. One, because this man at this point doesn't care. Roman Reigns is his guy. And whether you like it or not, if you if this once Victor Man makes you your guy his guy, we just like to suck it up and deal with it and live with it. Mm-hmm. So he needs his his moment, his WrestleMania moment, whether it be positive or negative. Now he can always the next night after WrestleMania will say to get the crowd blase blase yada yada and do a switch. If the, if Vince McMahon doesn't like the heat on him, but right. so there's a tradition of him not necessarily going with his guy in the main event. If there was another angle that was hotter, you, you can think back to WrestleMania 11 with Bam Bam and LT. You can think to WrestleMania 26 with Shawn and Taker in the retirement match. Um, you can think back to WrestleMania 28 with The Rock and Cena. There's examples that kind of contradict what you're saying. If there's an angle that's hotter, and I feel in the next six weeks. That Hell in a Cell match is going to be the hot angle, the one that's going to make or break oh, the show. I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. Like that's probably the best angle we're going to get. But I'm telling what I'm saying is saying that you use, like I said, you're trying to create a star right now. Yeah, and that's what you're trying to do. They're failing to do so, but yeah. Yeah, you're trying to create a star. Whether you're failing or succeeding. It's in the eyes of whoever you ask a person. They one person might say they like him. One person might say they hate him. It's it's up in the air. Um, I personally think that while it might be great to see you know that last match as hell in a cell, I think that I think that we get the title match last. And I sit here and honestly do sit here and say that. Because then you have to think about it. You're putting all this time and effort into somebody and you continuously have him fail. And you have to start wondering, you can't keep playing the same storyline over and over again for the next year or such. Have him, you know, go after something and fail. Go after something and fail. Go after something and fail. It's this storyline can be built towards something else. It could, or they could put him in there with a heel that's actually heelish and not kind of over with the crowd. Like, you think when Roman Reigns beat Sheamus on Raw for the title, like that's the best reaction ever because he was working against someone that people universally hated. Triple H is getting yes chance when he beats him down on the stairs and makes him bloody. Right. Well, so they're kind know, of failing Roman Reigns on some respects, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, think about it. A lot of people are hurt. So they're, they're trying to make the best storylines they possibly can with a limited amount of people that they can. I'm, like I said, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if they put Hell in a Cell last, but I don't think I would. Well, we'll have to wait and see, I guess. Um, one final thing, I guess, before we sign off here. Um, they they dropped the payback pay-per-view I just read just now. Yep, um, I, heard that, I heard that. They moved the Extreme Rules up a little bit, and they dropped payback. So that's a thing. Um, I've been to payback. I was at the first payback, so that's kind of weird. Um, we have a lot more we can get into, but why don't we call it a day for now? And let's revisit this this topic in a week um it sounds like your son really wants hell in a cell to be main event too i'm just saying (laughs) he agrees with us so he doesn't know what he wants i think he's a john cena fan i'm gonna have a talk with him yeah my my daddy likes uh oh (laughs) so let's revisit this in a week and kind of see where we're at with it because we we were only just introduced to this these storylines um you know, yesterday as we record this, but they have a lot of time to build up WrestleMania. I, I'm really excited for WrestleMania now that we have kind of our three main events set. And then there's a lot of great talent to round out the undercard. Um, 
We didn't talk about the New Day. Maybe we can come to them on the three count on Sunday. I'm really dissatisfied with what they're doing with the New Day. That segment was terrible at Payback. Or at, I just said Payback. Oh, boy. At Terrible. Fast Lane. It was terrible. Um, <laughs> let's, let's, let's come back to that um, on our Sunday three count episode, fans. So um, we'll get back with you Sunday. Three hot topics in wrestling. Hopefully there will be even more stuff to discuss that hasn't even happened yet. So... Until then, you can catch all of our other episodes, bgbgroup.tumblr.com, or just subscribe on iTunes so you never miss an episode. Follow us on Twitter at bgbgroup, facebook.com slash biggoldbelt. Um, and this has been the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast for Two Chains, for Mr. Sellis, for D. Wayne and his household who loves John Cena. This is Aaron, and we'll catch you guys next time.